Good morning, America. Rise and shine. This is The Daily Answer. And today's episode is going to be called The Final Hours. Between 5th and 6th grade, the junior high middle school I was attending built one of those modular classrooms. In fact, I think they kind of put it on what had kind of been a asphalt, part of the asphalt playground. I guess they were, you know, had, had a few more kids uh, than they were prepared to handle. They needed the extra classroom. And so they just got the modular classroom and, and kind of maybe one of the first kind of modern sort of double wide mobile homes. Um, kind of the beginning of that. And it was the only one uh, that there was that was it. And I just happened to be in the class that was put out in that modular classroom. And it was kind of an interesting year because we were a little bit isolated from the rest of the school. We were outside the school. And so when we went to, went to use the restroom, it was in the classroom and we kind of hung out there. And it, that was a real interesting experience. Um, we were out of the loop a little bit for a year. And our teacher, our teacher was definitely a child of the 60s. She played the guitar, sang all the protest songs and all the songs of the 60s and was a feminist. In the fifth grade, the year before that, the entire year, and it seems like that in junior high school, each year had a theme. And in fifth grade, it was we studied the Hawaiian Islands. And so I remember making like a little... I think everyone made them like a three-dimensional map. It was on like on cardboard or something. And you used paper mache and you kind of built up each little island and painted what was around them blue. And we did that. Um, we also, there was an opportunity to, we kind of had a luau, I remember. And someone brought, and I think it was Top Ramen. And I'd never had Top Ramen in my life. And you got a little Dixie cup of it. Man, I could have eaten the whole pot of that. And then um, got a ukulele and uh, the music teacher, for those of us that had a ukulele, taught us how to play a song, you know, some basic chords. And so we um, we played that. Man, I remember, I remember what the day was like that we had kind of that Hawaiian luau celebration. It was in the gym. And it was a sunny day and it was in May and school would, would be out pretty soon. And it was just absolutely fantastic. Well, sixth grade, the year that I'm in the modular classroom, Central America was the theme. And so the class was divided up to teams that would come up with projects. The team that I was on, we decided we'd, we'd start a travel company and we would book trips to Central America. And we would then, you know, like here would be the sites that you would see and et cetera. So we did a travel company and another team, they did a documentary film. Now this would have been on super eight. This was before VHS and all the, the video and it, no sound. So super eight with no sound. And so they had some of the kids like, uh, it looked like they were working in the fields, you know, kind of like picking something. And then they had a firing squad scene. <laughs> I guess that's, that's one of the essential things about Central America. 
And I remember, I think my friend Greg was blindfolded and given a cigarette and then shot. And then it was a long drawn out death scene, which typically brings down the house for sixth grade boys. Now, the neighbors next door, the neighbors next door that had the shag carpet and the color TV and the bowls of snicker bars and the bumper pool table and the ping pong table and et cetera, they had a Super 8 camera and they also had a projector. And I remember they, you know, they filmed some of the things that happened in the neighborhood and we would watch them and laugh. And I mean, nothing like watching yourself on a Super 8 uh, filmed in Super 8 with no sound. It just, there, there, there's nothing like it. It was, it was such a novel thing. And I remember going to Kmart with the boys next door and you could buy, you could buy movies, Super 8 movies, but they were trimmed down. Like for example, the Super 8 version of King Kong was like two minutes long. <laughs> and I love that. I just, and we watched it over and over. Of course, you can watch King Kong a lot when it's only two minutes long. So th that was just incredible memories. Now, my mom had kept up with all the shots that I was supposed to have, the vaccines. But in sixth grade, it, it, it's interesting, in sixth grade, my younger brother and myself, we got the fifth disease and it's just like it was a rash. And we, I was in like middle school. He was in elementary school. And I think we were the only kids in the entire school district that had it. And we had to stay home mm, two, three weeks. I mean, uh, and finally my mom like taught me how to cook and stuff because I think we were getting on her nerves and, you know, just energetic boys. And it wasn't that we were sick. Uh, we had this rash, but it wasn't that you feel you felt horrible or, you know, you, you kind of felt normal. It's just that you couldn't go outside and do anything. Now, in sixth grade, there was, it seems like there was an outbreak and it might have been nationwide of rubella. And I didn't have the vaccine for that. So I needed to get my shot. But this time, and, and so did like, boy, almost like 90 or 100% of the kids. And, and it might have been just like a new vaccine that they were giving. And, but you did not, it was not a shringe. It was a gun. A gun that shot out a little needle, you know, poked you with a needle. And there was a day that they came and set up at the school and then all the kids were run, you know, one class after another was dismissed and you all got your shot. Well, we were, I think we were the last class that day to be summoned. And, and probably because we were out in the modular home, we were, you know, they kind of went through the school and it's like, well, we were kind of the last one out there. And that is probably one of the longest days of my life. During the day, I mean, during the day, we heard rumors circulating. Um, for example, if you move your arm just an inch during the vaccination, your arm would shatter. <laughs> Man, that's reassuring. Um, the entire and the, the entire class was on edge throughout the entire day. 
the girls were hugging and they were crying and some girls wanted to call their moms, you know, kind of like the governor for a last minute reprieve. Uh, some may have said that they were getting sick and they needed to go home. The boys, the boys were looking out like the window out over the schoolyard. There was a window and it was kind of neat. We set up a little bit on a knoll and we could look out over the, the entire schoolyard and there were nice windows there. And the boys would just stand there and kind of hands in our pockets and sh shift weight and, um, you know, kind of like men going off to D-Day on storm the beaches of Normandy, you know, shaking our hands and good luck to you, Joe, and things like that. And I think I, our teacher, I know, thought we were being absolutely ridiculous. I think she just shook her head and smiled and laughed and, you know, it's not going to be that bad. But all of us felt like we had been given our last meal and we're, we were just waiting for the guard to come to our cell and escort us on the last mile of the way. You know, I remember secretly hoping that something, something would or might happen like, uh, you know, maybe we hadn't been summoned yet because the gun had malfunctioned or they had they'd run out of vaccine or some kid who did not take directions well had moved a little and his arm had shattered. And I was thinking like, well, that would have probably at least delayed it for at least a day. Finally, we were called. And I remember taking that long, long, long walk. And it, it, today in my mind, I can just, you know, we would walk out of the modular classroom. We would have taken a right. And then we would, eh, maybe we'd gone 20, 25 feet. And then we would went, we would come, there was an under, uh, overhang and we would have gone up steps into the school. And that's where the fifth grade classes start. And well, on the right-hand side was Mrs. Amon's class. That's, that was my fifth grade teacher. And so you would walk down and I think then there was restrooms on either side, boys and girls. And then you hit the sixth grade, the other sixth grade classes. And then you hit the seventh grade classes. And then finally you hit the eighth grade classes. And um, and then and to the, the left, as to the left would have been the library. That was the final door on the left. And then it kind of opened up into the area that kind of straight ahead, you could go out to school if you went straight. And that's where the buses picked you up. A little bit to the left was the office. To the left, also across from the office, was the main entrance to the library. But as you bent right, I think when I was in eighth grade, there was a room there that had been a classroom, but was turned into kind of a student lounge, which I think really didn't work very well, where they had a TV. And then as you walked down towards the lunchroom, restroom on the left, then a really a large room it was an art room really it was big it was like a, just seemed like it was just a big open room with tables and all sorts of things and paintings that picture previous kids from uh, you know other classes and years past had painted that the teacher had saved to the to the right was a row of windows and a door that took you out um, outside the school and then Straight ahead was the lunchroom and you would enter to get your food on the left. But th there was a little, little stairwell 
to the right, not very, and only a few stairs down. And you go down that and then you go through a door and then you came into the gym. And in front of you was the stage. And when we when we came through there, there was another sixth grade class playing volleyball. They were having gym. And man, they uh, razzed us as we walked by and said things like, it's going to hurt. And they kind of showed us, you know, the impression it had made on their arm and et cetera. And, you know, your, your arm's going to shatter. And so there was no mercy. There was no mercy there. They, they just brazenly showed us their wounds that they had suffered that day. And, you know, you're going to get hurt. Now, as you, as, as we walked through the gymnasium, uh, there would be the girls locker room and then the boys locker room. And then you would go through a set of double doors and to the left would be the band room. And I spent a lot of time in there. Then to the right was the choir, the choir room. And that's where they had set everything up. And then after that, I just remember it being a blur because you, you, they kind of brought you in and almost like the line did not stop moving. Um, and they checked your name and the list, you know, the list they had. And then basically they spun you around, gun one against the arm. Lady gave you a cotton ball or a Band-Aid and they sent you out the back door. I remember feeling... It was a, I don't, know, I don't know how many times in life I've had this feeling. It was a feeling of absolute freedom as I exited. And life, a, a feeling of life. I was alive. I'd survived. All of a sudden, all our anxieties had melted. Well, at least for, for the present hour. And we ran back to the classroom. We ran. We didn't walk. We ran. And it's like we ran together and it's like we were running with big smiles on our faces and our arms wide open. It was almost like a scene from the sound of music of the children running through the Alps with Maria and skipping and singing and twirling and arms outstretched. And my feet were so light that the running was like effortless. I could have ran 10 miles that day. And again, we were just all laughing and joking and didn't have a care in the world. And as we ran, we were all, we were all saying something similar. Hey, that was nothing. It was like a common theme. It was like we had this instinctive thing to say that all at once. Hey, this is nothing. I often think of that day and I try, I try to remember the lesson and I try to implement the lesson. The lesson of, hey, that was nothing. So many of the things that we worry about and allow to dampen the joys of the moment. Because anticipating that inoculation had basically dampened the entire day and made it an incredibly long, long day. Lunch didn't taste good that day. And I don't think I learned anything that day. And I think the teacher gave up on trying to teach us anything 
that day. How many times do we allow worry about something that might happen or will happen? And we just allow it to dampen the joys of the moment. Stop worrying about all the what ifs. Enjoy the moment. And when you, you know, when you really think about that, if you're a Christian, you've heard the truth. You're on the narrow way. You have obeyed the correct plan of salvation. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 16. The Lord added you to not a denomination, not a human sort of religious invented thing, but to the church that he established. Acts 2, verse 41 and verse 47. Hey, I'm saved. And compared to that, compared to that, nothing really matters. And I think Paul stressed that in Romans 8, 18, that compared to future heavenly glory, even, even the sufferings of this present time are can't even com- be compared with future heavenly glory. A wonderful, I wonder when we get to heaven, if we will think a little bit more about, hey, those things that I thought were so hard or difficult at the time, that was nothing. Keep that in mind next time you're tempted by a temptation or a sin and you feel it's overwhelming. It's not. It's not. Look at all the blessings you have. You're not being tempted beyond what you're able. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Be grateful for the life you have right now. Be grateful that God has. You know, when I exited that building, it's almost like that my biggest problem at the moment had had dissolved. And that was not true. My biggest problem at the moment had not dissolved. But when you're baptized and your sins are forgiven, your biggest problem has dissolved. This is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Until next time, see you in, see you in those funny papers. <laughs>